Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you have not done so already, if this is your first time tuning into the program, keep up with us on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and anywhere else that you might happen to get yours from. And you'll find us by looking for us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about CVE, that is Countering Violent Extremism. And to help us do that, give us some perspective, uh, and also to share some information on a report that was recently uh, published regarding this with some recommendations, we have joining us on the line, Brother Bill Chambers, who is a longtime social justice activist particularly in the areas of anti-racism and anti-Muslim bigotry. He's a member of the Muslim Anti-Racism Collaborative. You may know that organization as Muslim ARC. He's also a member of Mashid al-Taqwa right here in Chicago. Uh, and he is currently a student counselor at the American Islamic College and a writer for the Muslim Journal. Welcome to the program. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Bill. Alaikum assalam. Glad to be here. So my first question would be, I know from past conversations with different folks that this is not an agreed upon uh, area. There, there, there are folks on both sides of the issue, some for and some against. Uh, in terms of how this has been positioned as a valid response to violence or extremism uh, that would make us safer, how does CVE find a validity? So, uh one of the, the justifications for the TV uh, program is that we, we, you know, we have a problem of um, Muslim extremism or radicalization in the country. And actually, since the um, program was introduced in 2014, um, there's only, there's been four instances of uh, someone that you would say is a Muslim that committed a terrorist act. Um, all of those instances the uh, law enforcement um, has agreed that those people were radicalized by social media and the internet. Mm -hmm. And during that same four-year period or five-year period of time to 2019, there's been twice as many uh, instances of white supremacists, white nationalists, um, uh, right-wing players that have committed terrorist acts. But of course, those um, those people are not are not targeted, right? And this this program is is focused on um, almost exclusively the Muslim community, right? Now, is there any, is there a particular demographic within the Muslim community? Because you know we're looking at a quarter, um, by some estimates, of the Muslim community African American. Um, right. Is there a particular demographic that has been more impacted by CVE than another? Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really good question because um, one one of the ways I look at this is, um, and your listeners probably know what uh, CoinTel Pro is, the mm. uh, intelligence uh, program that 
targeted everyone from uh, Martin Luther King to Malcolm X and so yeah. on. Uh, that program that was in the, uh, you know, actually all the way parts of it um, were even um, the FBI targeting Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the 30s and the Nation of Islam. And once COINTELPRO came along, one of the people, uh, one of the groups that they targeted was African American Muslims, um, particularly the Nation of Islam, and um, and even and even after that, the um, um, uh, W.D. Muhammad community. Mm-hmm. Now, since 9/11, um, the I would say the African American Muslim community is still being monitored. It's still being CVE program itself mm-hmm. uh, has tended to target more um, Arab um, Muslims um, and still some South Asian Muslims, certainly in like, places like Minneapolis, uh, the Somali community has been heavily targeted yeah. uh, by this program as being um, uh, potential um, areas where there would be radicalization or people would become become terrorists. So, it, so the, the answer to the question is, in the African-American Muslim community, it's absolutely, there's still this uh, monitoring and uh, targeting by the FBI, but their, the CBE program emphasis has tended to go toward uh, more, more people of Arab, Arab descent within the, within the Muslim Right, right. Okay, so so uh, talk a bit about some of the resistance uh, to the program, um, and 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 also I think it should be ta- it should it should be mentioned that there has also been acceptance as well, right? Because this has been a, a, a debated topic uh, throughout the community, because um, and probably should say communities, right? Because we don't want yeah. to present you know this diverse multiple muslim community yeah yeah right yeah um well one of the things is that there there has been um resistance all the way along even since 2014 when the program was initiated and one of the biggest areas of resistance was in um, los angeles yeah so yeah so in um in uh, Los Angeles, um, all the um, Muslim, many, many of the Muslim communities um, got together. A lot of the, I would call it like social activist um, Muslim communities um, also got involved. Groups like the ACLU, um, uh, CARE um, in that area. And they basically fought the program through uh, particularly education mm-hmm. of um, to the mosques and the community centers and, and other areas in, in LA. So they were able to get success. Uh, uh, there's a Los Angeles Shura Council, mm-hmm. um, similar to you know what we have here in Chicago. And um, they were able to convince them to turn down um, the funding. Right. Because that's one of the biggest issues that the Department of Homeland Security uh, waves these thousands of dollar funding mm-hmm. for organizations that would participate. 
Right. And as you kind of suggested, there are organizations that have have um, either accepted that money or considered it. So um, in LA, a good example is the Sure Council. You know, they, they decided to refuse to accept any of that. And then there was a, a ban, which is a um, Islamic studies um, collegiate level organization. They also refused um, a funding from, from the Department of Homeland Security. So that same kind of thing is starting to happen here in Chicago. So the, the CBE program, and I don't want to go into the details about how it's implemented in Chicago because it gets a little complicated. Yeah. Um, but what's happened is there has been efforts um, on the part of you know the FBI, the counterterrorism group, even the Chicago Police Department are all involved in these programs to try to roll out basically a CBE program in Chicago to um, mental health centers. Um, they've tried to roll it out to um, areas of the Chicago public schools and also specifically to um, two Muslim communities um, in Albany Park and another one in Naperville. Mm-hmm. And part of the success of the STOP CBE program in, in the Chicago area was to get both of those organizations in Albany Park and the one in Naperville to turn down a grant. Right. So these, these would have been uh, groups who originally um, thought about, uh, were contacted and thought about applying for the grant. And because the, the grant, uh, it basically it gets you involved in doing training and this type of thing. And you, you money for some other things. Well, the Stop CBE Coalition convinced them to, you know, we, we don't want Right. And that's that's the the danger and to the Muslim community is these um, programs often aren't presented as CVE. They're they're given other names and they um, recruit people from the community to come and talk to you. You know, have a whole conversation with you about oh, we can provide you this training and all this additional money and. And it's really just a program of um, helping you identify like bad right community members that might be be radicalized for you to become. For and it you sounds to, very very appealing. Yeah, for you to develop a um, an eye towards uh, suspicion towards yeah. your own uh, community, uh, and, That's and right. really, and to start seeing yourself in the way that. Uh, society, or at least those uh, that part of society that really wants to weaponize um, worship, hijab, you know, things that we would look at as being outward signs of um, of, a, of a of a deepening relationship with uh, you know with our Creator. So, if somebody grows out a beard, if they start maybe dressing in what would be identified as traditional uh, Islamic clothing, those types of things would be. Uh, picked up or used as markers to indicate this is somebody that you need to be looking at. Yeah, and I can tell you're 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 very well trained already on the uh, <laughs> process because I've um, I've read um, some of their their materials mm-hmm. and it's exactly right that like you know my growing a beard or you know all of a sudden you know I might decide to wear a kufi 
job and I'm coming to the boss more often. Mm -hmm. Those types of things which would mean, oh, this person has become more involved with the dean, you know, they're maybe even becoming more pious. Uh, the way it's, inter it's, way it's interpreted is um, trying to get you, you know, as a Muslim, or if you're an imam, or, you know, a youth leader, something like that, to kind of see things through really law enforcement. Right. Law. Right. Like that is like, like you're you're going to criminalize this person, this brother over here, who is trying to to improve his relationship with Allah. Mm -hmm. Well, you're suddenly becoming suspicious of that. You know, maybe he's becoming a radical fundamentalist. Um, law, I, you know, it's really sick. Yeah. And, um, but it is it is presented in these ways and euphemisms, like you know, well. You know, if you see something, do something. You know, it, it's in in that kind of quality, and um, and that's some of the um, recommendations. And we'll we'll get to those later too. That the report um, that the Stop CBE Coalition came out with very recently um, made that if you have an organization coming to you, and and you're a community leader, or youth leader, or you're part of Yeah. Like, okay, now, why would we be doing this? And, well, wait a minute, what about what kinds of things are you looking for? And, by the way, who are you? Yeah. And who do you <laughs> Great really? question. Who are you and who do you work for? Yeah. And who is funding this? You know, where where is this money coming from? Mm -hmm. If they ham and haw, I mean, like, well, it's part of the, you know, Department of Homeland Security. Okay, well, then you then you run. Right, right. But you know what, what I think is interesting uh, with this is that even as Muslim communities are being approached or have been approached, when, like you just mentioned, the last incident was a couple of years ago. Uh, and prior to that, you know, I'm not sure exactly, you know, when that was, but if they're looking at any particular metrics to say that this is a program uh, that is that's, that's viable, uh, that's actually producing results, I'm not I'm not really seeing how the numbers support that. That's right. Yeah, the numbers. There are many things that don't support the program. It's the targeting of the Muslim community. Yeah. Okay. Well, We've already talked about, you know, why, why wouldn't you be targeting, you know, white supremacists and, you know, mm -hmm. potentially other communities. The statistics on terrorism, certainly here in the United States, does not support it. Yeah. Um, the research, um, and that's one thing we haven't mentioned, that the whole CBE program is based on faulty research. There's a lot of organizations, the Brenner, uh, Brennan Center uh, for Justice, um, that looks at these programs and the, the research that says, well, you know, you can find markers, you know, you can find red flags of some of these people doing these behaviors. It's all that's all faulty. Yeah. I mean, no, there's no proof that you can identify those those particular behaviors and prove or even find out that somebody's going to become a, a terrorist. So even even the research that is based on Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this, Bill. Is there 
uh, to your knowledge, is there a connection between the Islamophobia industry and that particular research that the CVE program is is built on? Yeah, there's um, there's some indications that some of the people that they used um, to develop, you know, the program mm -hmm. um, were um, these people. There was a big industry after 9-11 of national security experts, right? Yeah. And many of these people were homophobes. And these were people who, you know, decided that, um, you know, all terrorists were Muslim and thought all Muslims were terrorists, but uh, they were the ones that kind of came up with um, these ideas. Like, well, okay, well, you know, we, we, we obviously anyone who is a, a very fundamentalist, um, very conservative Muslim, Al Qaeda, whatever, yeah. okay, then that must become more religious. That must mean you're you know, you're connected to a, a path to radicalization. So, a lot of the people that they used as experts or collaborated with um, to even develop the program comes out of a, an environment and a industry of Muslim bias. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So when it comes to the uh, so the CVE or the anti CVE report uh, yeah. that was recently issued. Now, who were the authors of that? Yeah. So there were um, there are a whole number of organizations that were part of that. Um, some of the major ones there were some um, people from the yeah I'm just finding it here for a second. Uh, there were some people from uh, the of UIC um, who were uh, researchers um, in um, African-American uh, studies um, that were part of that report. Um, it also was put together by um, a number of organizations. Uh, the American Friends Service Committee was very involved um, here in Chicago. Um, there's uh, the Jewish Voice of Peace. You said, you said, you said, a Jewish Voice for Peace was one of the organizations as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're a part of the coalition. So mm -hmm. a lot of these groups. So the way to look at it is, you've got um, education, academic uh, groups from from uh, UIC. Um, you had a lot of faith based, what I would call social activist groups, mm -hmm. which is Jewish Voice for Peace is certainly the American Friends Service Committee is. Um, you can look at CARE, right, as being a you know Muslim civil rights organization. So all of these um, organizations cooperated in um, this coalition and then uh, creating the report. Mm, mm, okay, okay. And and what was what was the major finding um, in the report? Yeah. So the major the major findings were that. Um, the CVE, CVE program was just um, beginning around um, 2016. It was being introduced in, into Illinois or mainly Chicagoland area. Mm -hmm. And that there was um, at least one very large grant um, that was given out um, that had to do with this um, uh, being a monitor and um, surveillance kind of person knowing like training and knowing how to identify these signs of radicalization. And um, there were a number of groups um, that they 
they supposedly collaborated mm-hmm. on this um, to get this grant for this um, to get the grant. Many of these organizations, um, the CVE folks will just like visit, you know, and talk to them about it and say, see, you know, they they collaborated on the creation of this port. So right. they have the grant. Um, and they have, um, I mentioned the Albany Park and the uh, Naperville Mosque um, turned down um, money um, as part of this large grant. Um, they did have some uh, mental health professional training mm-hmm. around UIC that they did do. Um, and they were kind of preparing to do more of this training in some um, other uh, Muslim centers and also um, they're still trying to do some of this training you said they're still trying to do some of the training uh, where Um, that hasn't happened yeah at the Chicago public schools oh okay okay all right yeah so um, the so one of their findings is basically that this is still happening and it's very important to get this education out there and stop these kind of training programs from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the ones in like the Chicago public schools, they, they target teachers and coaches and, you know, like grief counselors. And I mean, you know, yeah. you know you're, you're a student, a high school student or something like that. And you're going to a grief counselor and, you know, this might be turning you into the FBI. If you say the wrong thing. I mean, it's really, yeah. really, pretty sick stuff so um and if you want we could talk a little bit about their recommendations oh yeah please you want to go there yeah absolutely report yeah so so their main their main recommendations and i i kind of added i kind of added to it Mm -hmm. the, the main one we've kind of talked about already which is really to um ask questions so when they come to you, here's a program, we want to get you involved with this training. Um, you need to say, you know, who are these people? Where's the money coming from? That type of thing. Right. The other, the other recommendation they have is that um, there's a lot of this research, um, academic research that's being done at UIC. And they're um, asking or really demanding that UIC give back this money that know that they have stopped doing this kind of research because it's promoting you know again targeting of you know muslim and um uh, actually other communities because one thing i didn't mention is that it's also kind of tied into uh, black and brown communities in chicago and things like the gang database and, and other things and it even starts going beyond the muslim community right um and one of the one of the last things that um, that they didn't say this in the report, um, but it's it's something that I think it's important that we need to do for our community because you know I've had people listen to to that stop CBE report and you know they're from the Muslim community and saying well okay you you don't you want us to turn this turn this money down and don't want us to cooperate. Well, what do we do instead? Right? What you know? What what should we do? Um, my answer to that is, I think we should take the lesson from, um, and probably you'd appreciate from the uh, 
um, Honorable Elijah Muhammad and uh, Imam Muhammad and, and, uh, and community, we, we need to come up with our own solution. Absolutely. Right? So if, if there's an issue here and in our community and we could say that, okay, there may, there may not really be an issue of um, radicalization in the Muslim community, but, you know, we do know that, you know, we have some youth that are going off in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. you know, and that may get interested in more, I don't know, violent or other types of issues that kind of take them off the path. Um, so my, my suggestion is um, really, two is that we look inside our own community. So I think every, every uh, Muslim community I've ever visited has people in that community that are counselors, yeah. social workers, doctors, you know, yeah. um, um, psychotherapists, right? Yeah. So one of the things I think our community can do is create a database of those people. You know, like identify some of, those, that, some of that expertise within our own community. So if it is a youth got some not so great ideas and he's you know really marginalized and isolated and that kind of thing you know maybe if he talked to somebody from the community um that had some expertise mm-hmm. that would be a good thing you know right. in, in addition to that one of the things that i really want for uh the for muslims to be mindful of is accepting the narrative accepting the stories that are being told about you, the stories that are being told about us, because uh, this language and this and, and seeing our community uh, in our communities uh, with all their diversity and all the talents uh, and all the contributions that come out of uh, this diverse community that benefit uh, the, the United States of America, they benefit the world. Um, this lens, it it criminalizes us. Um, you know, yeah, just just absolutely. just to identify yourself as a Muslim, uh, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your uh, ideology, you know, you automatically yep. uh, criminalize. So, I think that's something for me that's really important for us to push back against. And I appreciate uh, you mentioning, you know, well, let's look at ourselves and see how we can uh, how we can address issues, address problems, but in doing so for us not to see our existence as a problem uh, because the numbers, when you look at the numbers, uh, you look at the occurrences of violence, you look at the mass shootings, um, those things are not taking uh, place uh, because of Islam. They're not, ta- they're not being perpetrated by Muslims. Uh, more often than not, you know, uh, it, it's a white male that's, you know, that's responsible if it's a mass shooting. Right. Um, so I think, it's, it's important for us to to not see ourselves with that same type of suspicion that um, that those who are, you know, who are anti-Muslim, anti-Islam, uh, that they would like for us to. Yes. And I think, um, and, and you, you're probably aware, too, that, you know, there's, there's many people in our community that... Um, it's just because of how, you know, society here has treated people. Yeah. They kind of take on that image, right? Yeah. That they think, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, that's something we need to, we need to worry about. And, and 
one of the ways I look at this is that, um, you know, we would hope every, um, every Muslim community, like you said, there are many of them, even just in the Chicago area, mm. that they would have this same um, attitude that you're talking about, that, you know, this, you know, this is, you know, we're being criminalized here and yeah. targeted. And there's, there's no, there's no reason for that. Mm -hmm. um, but they have a hard time kind of getting their hands around that, right? You know, because yeah. when you have somebody coming to you, they're law enforcement, you know, if you were a good American, you signing up for this. And, and one attitude I have that I think, uh, approach that I think would be very helpful is if those, if those folks that are still kind of worried about that can come back and say, yeah, okay, you know, you know, we might, we might have some issues in our community, but, you know, I think, you know, we, we need to address them. And then here's what we're going to do. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to come up with our own people that mm -hmm. if there's any issues that, you know, we have with our youth or whatever, you know, um, we're, we're going to handle that. Yeah. And the other thing I didn't mention is that there's, a number of programs going on right now, um, and I've been a part of a couple of them, that are um, mental health first aid training. Mm, yeah. Or, right? Uh, first responder training. The Khalil Center here in Chicago does one of them. Um, there was an interfaith um, uh, mental health uh, first aid training that was done by the, um, it's actually the American uh, Muslim professional oh amp yeah and it was sponsored by the national Beha uh, center of behavioral health and it was a similar kind of thing training people to be able to respond on if there's not only just mental health issues but you know if there's a brother or sister that's you know having difficulties or you know is is a target of islamophobia right talk about that right mm -hmm. and how, how do i handle that how do i handle that stress mm -hmm. um if those kind of programs um, that we could have groups, you know, um, that could be something that uh, the cop could could support, sure. or even organization like the CIOGC, you know, mm -hmm. you know, could help fund. If we could have those kind of training sessions where our moms, our, our sisters that are on the boards of you know uh, community centers, our youth, our youth, you know, organizers, that they could go to those types of programs. Mm -hmm. um, and then they could be a resource. You know? Yeah, they could be a resource within the community to um, you know more identifying people that are having issues. Yeah, right. Yeah, people who are having you know not people who someone else thinks is going to turn into a terrorist because we already know that's that's not that's not happening. I mean the statistics aren't yeah. there. Yeah, but but it's more supporting our own community. Yeah, and not to be cynical about it, it's also giving an answer to those the fbi people and cve people that are knocking on on our door yeah saying, well you know you should be doing this yeah. no i'm sorry we 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 got this covered we're going to be doing this over here yeah absolutely and then you know and i think it's also important to connect that to uh political visibility which i think is yeah. one of the uh one of the impacts of being labeled or portrayed as an enemy to democracy um, is that right. you start to take on this this attitude of, well, I don't want to be out. I don't want to protest, right? I mean, if you look at the gun lobby or the abortion 
what whichever side a person falls on that that's a a hotly debated and a, a hotly um uh you know very emotionally expressed issue so those folks that speak on those issues they do they do so with great passion but to be muslim and to be uh publicly passionate and and visible about any particular issue um there's there has been um there's a sort of i don't want to say danger but you know it, it's it's looked at in a different light so that's also i think one of the impacts of, of of being colored in this particular way that the muslim communities need to be really mindful of uh to not to not be removed from the public space. And we know that's not the case when it comes to, especially when it comes to any type of uh, 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 organization or protest around uh, Palestine. You know, it, th now that particular uh, group is one that is very vocal and very um, present, but it's, it's something that we need to, I think, just keep in mind about all areas of our impact uh, with, the, with, with the democracy. Um, that we don't allow ourselves to be removed from the public space. Yeah, I think a, a, a really quick, a good example is what happened with uh, Rep uh, Representative Ilham Omar. Yeah. Here, here's a sister, very strong, mm -hmm. uh, got elected by her community, is out there, um, you know, fighting for social justice and, and making an impact. And what happened? She immediately got attacked. You know, she's getting death threats. Yeah. Um, but she put herself out there in, in, the, in, the, in the public space. But the other thing people forget, the other thing that happened, mm -hmm. there were a lot of people and a lot of groups that came to her defense. Oh yeah, absolutely. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Muslim groups. No. no. They had other faith groups, there were Jewish groups, Christian groups, and, and a lot of people came out and that was the reason that she wasn't they eventually passed that they were going to pass a law, uh, pass a resolution to condemn her statements that she made about Israel and calling her anti-Semitic and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't happen. That's right. Happened because all of these groups got got together and called their senators and representatives and said, "No, no, that you're not doing that." And it ended up that the resolution they passed included anti-Muslim bigotry in it. <laughs> That's right. Right. So That's right. I think. The idea is, you know, you, you have to be careful about being out there in the public sphere, but you also need to have that kind of impact. And that sister on, on Omar was, was a great example of that. And sometimes when you do that, you will get a lot of support. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And not just from your own community. And That's that right. Was, that was really, that was a really good, good lesson. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we are we are uh, out of time, <laughs> but I thank you so much, Brother Bill, for taking the time to to walk us through uh, CVE, its origins, and how uh, it's related. You know, there's a long history of surveillance, um, and you know, it, it extended beyond the Muslim community. But it's something for us to be mindful of and to take ownership of, and how we uh, maintain the health and vibrancy of our community. So we really appreciate you coming on. I, I love being on with you. All right. Well, inshallah, we'll, we'll have you back on uh, in the near future.
Okay, that would be great, inshallah. All right, we thank you for listening. We thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. I am your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdumalik Mujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, we'll leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.